the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Friday. It is not a free-for-all Friday. We are jam-packed with guests, all of whom you are going to want to hear from on this third morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Really appreciate you being with us. Coming up in just about 13 minutes at 9.20, we're going to talk to former congressman, now gubernatorial candidate, now with a running mate, Jim Renacci. Jim Renacci announced his choice yesterday at a press conference uh, down in uh, southwestern Ohio. And uh, it's not a name you probably know, unless you're into motiv- motivational speakers and you know who the producers of movies are. Usually I don't. You know the stars. You may know the directors. You probably don't know the producers. Uh, but he's a Christian movie producer. And he's a motivational speaker. And his name is Joe Knopp. He's from uh, uh, Springboro down in southwestern Ohio, again, down around Dayton. And yesterday, Jim Renacci announced that that is his running mate for lieutenant governor uh, as uh, Jim Renacci tries to push Mike DeWine out of the Ohio governor's office and governor's mansion. So we'll talk to uh, uh, former Congressman Renacci at 920. Then at 935, former Ohio treasurer and current Senate candidate Josh Mandel says that the Biden administration is intentionally trying to crash the American economy, trying to crash the American energy uh, system, the energy industry, trying to make people feel more pain so that they will indeed uh, sign on to the Green New Deal. Uh, Josh Mandel wrote an op-ed about that, which we will talk about with him at 9.35. At 10.10, we're going to talk actually 10.05, closer to the top of the hour due to his schedule with Ohio Congressman Warren Davidson. Uh, Representative Davidson is going to talk about the underwhelming job report that we just got this morning at 8.30, if you heard it. 
the jobs report was a very uh, uh, lame 210,000 as Americans continue to sit home and not go to work. Uh, the state of the economy is in a bad way right now, particularly when you consider the inflation that continues to rise, energy costs continue to rise, and people not bo- uh, going back to work. Uh, and quite frankly, if these things continue, they won't have any work to go to. Businesses will be forced to shut down. Warren Davidson is going to talk to us about that. And then at 1035, as always on Friday, we speak with former Ohio House Representative Christina Hagan, who will uh, join us for commentary on all of the above and probably a little bit more. I've got a lot to get into in a very short monologue here due to our guest, uh, uh, Mr. Renacci, coming up at 920. So let's start our day as we always do with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand where you are. Uh, Please put your hand on your heart. If you have a flag nearby, go ahead and face it. If you don't, that's okay. You might want to think about getting one, even if it's not a full-size flag in the yard, uh, even if it's something you can just have in the house. Uh, Liberal Democrats, don't bother. We know you don't have support for this great republic, so go ahead and take a knee alongside your heroes like Colin Kaepernick. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all All right, uh, so ten minutes after the hour and I want to dive right into this because it's extraordinarily important Um, here is here is uh, something I, I, I had sent to me last night, I have followed up this morning, and I'm just, um, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss at what to do. I'm at a loss to understand how and why the the Republican Party or significant numbers of, of members of the Republican Party, particularly in our Congress, continue to undercut their, their constituents, continue to hamstring the voters who put them there including you and me and many Northeast Ohio uh, representatives. We just found out last night that yesterday the House has passed what can only be described as a reckless, dangerous bill that creates a federal vaccination database. They passed this not on a partisan vote, but on a strong bipartisan vote. Radical Democrats pulled along not just eight Republicans in the House, including Minority Leader and Speaker Hopeful Kevin McCarthy. They pulled along 80 Republicans, 80 House Republicans, voted with the Democrats to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act which, if it's passed by the Senate and signed by Biden, Brandon, will create a federal vaccination database. This according to Breitbart and other news sources. According to the bill, also called H.R. 550, the government would provide $400 million of your taxpayer money to fund immunization system data modernization and expansion a system otherwise defined as a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within the geographic area covered by that database. 
The bill would spend $400 million on an immunization system, data modernization, and and expansion system that is, quote, a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses. Um, It would allow government to notify people about when their booster shots are due. Although the system is described as confidential, confidential in this case means confidential from the public. Until, of course, records are indiscriminately released, as uh, like has happened numerous times before, such as with the IRS, the Department of Defense, Veterans Administration, and a whole number of other high-profile government leaks and hacks. The House clerk provided the party breakdown of the vote, uh, which actually happened Tuesday. Beg pardon, this just hit news last night, but uh, did not happen yesterday. This happened Tuesday. Democrats voted unanimously, 214 yays. Democrats happy as a lark. 80 Republicans joined them. 130 Republicans stood against the bill. Critics argue the bill will allow the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans. Yes, I am one of them. I am one of them. Both critics and unvaccinated Americans who could be segregated, targeted, and forced to comply with the vaccine mandates. The bill is now passed on to the Senate. Uh, it was referred to the Senate, read twice, and referred to the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. The roll call of the bill provides, perhaps, as a good primary list, as Republican primary voters try to figure out ahead of the 2022 midterms who stands with them and who stands with creating a, an essentially vaccine passport database. Let's skip the the preliminaries although there are some names in other states that may shock you including dan crenshaw of texas regarded as one of the more conservative minded um uh members of of congress on the uh, on the republican side jim banks another highly regarded conservative from indiana his name is on this list but let's skip down now to the ohio representatives And perhaps they are ones you would have expected, such as outgoing Congressman Anthony Gonzalez voted with the Democrats. Kind of expected that. Dave Joyce, another Ohio rhino squish most of the time. Perhaps you expected that. Bill Johnson, Another Ohio representative, which I can tell you right now I did not expect, that would sign on with with 79 other Republicans to join every Democrat in creating this database. I also would not have expected Mike Turner to be one of those. But Mike Turner voted for this as well. Four Ohio members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, voted to create this this uh, this vaccination database got a big big problem with all of them and i will endeavor to have them on every single one of them that they would come on to talk about why they did this i've already reached out to bill johnson's team just literally as the show started today because uh, i was so shocked to see his name there i'll reach out to mike turner's team i'd like to get him on i'll reach out to dave joyce i haven't had dave joyce on in a long time because well quite frankly he and i don't see eye to eye on much he's a republican in name only i'm a republican in conservatism and in constitutionality and we don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything even though he's a good man nice guy really enjoy talking with him in private but not a not a, not a, a, a lot of political commonality there um but the reality, and Mike Turner, like I said, he's a, he's a well-regarded conservative. Anthony Gonzalez is not. So why are these Republicans 
joining forces with Democrats to create a federal vaccine database. Why, why is this needed? I have no earthly idea how they can project that this is not going to be used in a negative way against the people of uh, the United States who wish to remain unvaccinated and have their own control over their, over their bodies and their medical choices. That's the reality of the situation. I want to talk to as many of them as I can. So this just kind of came as a shock late last night when I got this message and this morning when I followed up on it. So we'll talk more about it. But coming up, after this short time out, we're going to talk with former Congressman Jim Renacci, as promised. He's now a candidate for governor. He has chosen his running mate for lieutenant governor. We're going to talk to him about that pick and more coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. All right, 920 as we uh, get rolling here on AM 1420, The Answer. So uh, privileged to be able to speak with former Ohio Congressman Jim Renacci, now Ohio uh, primary candidate for governor of this great state, and he has now decided on a running mate, somebody to come alongside and advise him as lieutenant governor. Uh, and I will let him repeat his name as he did yesterday at the introductory press conference. First of all, Mr. Renacci, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing great. Hopefully you are as well. I am, except I'm a little worried about some things going on in Congress right now. Maybe we'll have time to comment on that or not uh, in a moment. But uh, let's start with your big news yesterday. This was uh, this was a, a, a real shocker for a lot of people as we look at uh, you know, co- uh, or excuse me, seasoned political veterans, oftentimes being the choice to uh, support a candidate like yourself for an executive position like this. You decided to go just the opposite direction of a seasoned political veteran. You chose an outsider. To Tell everybody who he is and tell everybody why you chose him. Well, thank you, Bob. And you hit the nail on the head. That's what I wanted. I wanted an outsider. Look, we already have two insiders in the governor and lieutenant governor. We have 66 years of political experience. Look where we've gotten. What I was looking for was a Christian conservative, somebody who has business background, somebody who, uh, I mean, his his story is unbelievable, but somebody who can compliment me, help me. I don't need the legislative background. I mean, my eight years in Congress taught me exactly how the swamp works and what we need not to do. So, uh, you know, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to find somebody who could compliment me in southwest Ohio, um, who's got a background and experience in business. He's a finance director. But his story is also unbelievable because he's a veteran as well. And for your listeners, here's a guy who uh, grew up in a troubled family, so he never had that family unit. In fact, the police showed up when he was five or six years old. I think it was five. Took him and his sisters out of the house with their mother. They ended up living on the street for a couple years. Um, Thank goodness for a church that they would go to just because they wanted coffee and donuts to eat that uh, someone from that church – came and looking, looking for them, found him and his sisters at the crack house, told their mother they were going to take them to the orphanage, and she allowed that to happen. He then spent the rest of his uh, childhood in an orphanage until he was a senior in high school. But he did well academically, wanted to go to college, realized he could not afford college, so he joined the military. Um, and he went to the Air Force, spent six years at the Air Force, got his college degree at Wright State, and um, and then came out with a finance degree, started finance uh, his finance business, teamed up with uh, 
a, a movie uh, individual and started producing movies. And for those uh, you know, your listeners that remember the movie Unplanned, that's his movie. Uh, plus, uh, he's got uh, uh, several others uh, that uh, are really um, true life stories that the media has somewhat pushed away. So, what we have is a, a business guy, a, a conservative, but also somebody who understands how to balance books, make payroll, and all the other things that are necessary. We don't need career politicians anymore. We need outsiders, and he fit that mold. Of all the movies you just mentioned, I did see Unplanned. That was the only one, and it was such an emotional and, as you say, true story of Abby Johnson. And in fact, I interviewed Abby Johnson, the real Abby Johnson, uh, after that movie came out. It was tremendous, so I certainly love that. Now, having said that, Okay, he's a Christian, he's a conservative, he came from nothing, made something out of himself. Those are great stories, personal stories. Uh, he's a filmmaker, that's also terrific as well. But people are going to ask this, Congressman, so let me just do it. What makes him qualified to advise uh, on the running of the state of Ohio? The lieutenant governor is the number two post in this state. Uh, he would be right there at your side. Um, what makes him qualified to run a state or to co-run a state? Well, let me say this. His life experiences are much better than the current uh, lieutenant governor's in the sense that he's a businessman. So I think people at this point want outsiders. They want people who understand what it, what it makes to struggle. And, 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 you know, look at his family life. Look at his, I mean, he's married with three children. He also experienced the shutdowns of the school. He'll tell the story of his three children and how, you know, academically and socially they lost an entire year. I mean, these are the people we want in office. So I think in the end, what I found as, as we traveled Ohio, people didn't want that seasoned politician. We have those. And look where our state's at. Our state hasn't gotten any better in the last four years with 66 years of uh, political experience. So uh, like me, uh, he's a business guy. He understands. Uh, and I often said this, government is a business, whether you like it or not. You have to bring in revenue and you have to spend money. The key is... Do you balance your books? Do you spend less? I mean, candidates and people in political office, they've never had to balance anything. This guy has. Um, I think he'll be great, and he's going to be able to advise me from the ground up, from the family unit up, um, all of those things which I think are so important. Really quickly, because we don't have a ton of time here, as you know, um, your thought process going in, how many other people were, were you considering? And how, I mean, you obviously explained why you chose Joe, but what I mean is uh, what other people did you consider? How hard was the process for you? So here's what I did this time, a little different. I, uh, I, I picked 10 advisors from around the state, um, and we started a vetting process. Uh, there were people on that list that were um, – in the, in the General Assembly, I talked to many of those. There were people out of the General, General Assembly. There was a mix of business people. There was a mix of non-business people. Um, and I got great relationships out of that. In the end, what I, really thought, what I really wanted to do was just find that person who I thought could advise me and was an outsider. We did a lot of um, polling throughout the state and a lot of sit-downs and a lot of discussions with people. And we said, what are you looking for in leadership? And, Bob, I can tell you, 78% said they do not want career politicians anymore. Um, and the majority of them said, we want somebody who understands our story. We want somebody who understands how tough it is 
and but that the American dream is still possible. Here are the here are the similarities. You know, I started out in a poor uh, family too, but I at least had the family unit, the husband, mother, and father who guided me and helped me. He didn't. We both started out with nothing. We always believed that in this country, in this state, anything was possible, but nothing was guaranteed. And we both were able to live the American dream. So in both cases, um, we can tell a story that's much different than two career politicians who basically got out of college, got elected, and have been in politics from day one until today and really have no story other than, I know what you should do better than you know. And that's the real issue. And that's how we ended up narrowing it down to Joe. And Joe also has some ties uh, with Laura Trump. It's interesting. Laura Trump sent him a text on one of the calls I was having with him and said, I don't know if you know Jim Renese, but you need to get to know him. He is a great person and will be a good leader at some point in this state of Ohio. You need to get to know him. And he like looked at me and said, you know, Jimmy, I just got a text from Laura Trump. So um, he does have those ties with the Trump family as well, which will also be helpful. Uh, Jim Renese is our guest. Jim Renese, of course, is a candidate for governor of the state of Ohio. Uh, one week from, no, I'm sorry, not one week from tonight. It's the 16th, so it's 13 days from now. You and I will share a table and a podium at the uh, Northeast Ohio Conservatives uh, 2021 Christmas Gala, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Any chance that Joe Knopp will be with you at that event to uh, meet people? You know what? We're going to try and get him engaged in many of these things. Hopefully, uh um, if there's a conflict, one of the things about having a lieutenant governor now is if there's a conflict, we're going to split up and go, go two different directions. So we'll see. Uh, if not, we'll make sure we get them um, on your, uh, uh, you know, at a table with you at some point in time or at an event with you or even maybe on the show with you. Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely have already talked to some of your folks about that. I'm going to have him on the air next week. But uh, I just wonder if he's going to come out and meet some conservatives at a great event like the gala there. So hopefully uh, we can make that happen as well. I know people are going to definitely want to get to know him as they kind of get to know then what is the ticket now to uh, primary Mike DeWine out of the governor's office. And that is something that many of us hope very, very desperately happens. Uh, I wish I had time to talk policy and issues with you right now, but it is time for news. Uh, Mr. Renacy, thanks for coming on and sharing the news and the specifics with us about why you chose Joe Knopp as your running mate for lieutenant governor. And uh, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. You have a great day. You do the same. That gala, by the way, I want to tell everybody, um, Jim Renacy will be speaking at that event. Uh, Congressional candidate Max Miller will be speaking at that event. I want to make some things clear. Also, uh, Senate candidate Bernie Marino will be speaking at that event. I want people to know that this is not a partisan um, you know, endorsement type of situation with the Northeast Ohio Conservative uh, uh, group that you know that is presenting this. They didn't just invite Bernie Marino. They didn't just invite Jonas Schultz, or Max uh, Miller. Jonas Schultz has been invited. The other Senate candidates have been invited as well. Uh, so this is something. There are a number of competing events that night. I understand on December sixteenth for conservatives, and I know there's other obligations that have uh, uh, that have already been made. Uh, by some of the candidates. But I want you to know that I will be there giving the keynote address in addition with those individuals, and I'm told Mike Gibbons is almost a lock to be there as well. So there would be one other uh, Senate candidate. And this is not necessarily a campaign event for these individuals. It's a Christmas gala. I will be talking about Christmas and Christian values and the reasons why we all come together as conservatives. That's going to be the focus of my talk. And I'm sure the others will will try to make some some points to you as well. But this is a celebration of what unites us as Christian conservatives. So it's going to be at the Lavera Party Center in Willoughby Hills on the 16th. 16th. Tickets are only 55 bucks, and you can get them. 
at uh, geogaccc.square.site. Geogaccc.square.site. You can also call Mario Innocenzi personally, and he will set you up with your tickets at 216-520-1977. 216-520-1977. Again, I will be keynoting that particular event, and I really hope to see you there. 931 News Now, Josh Mandel next, AM 1420 The Answer. Two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 937. Let's continue on a very busy Friday edition of The Authority. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks to Jim Renacci, uh Ohio governor candidate, and a uh, really interesting choice for lieutenant governor. He just told you all about that now. Let's move to the Senate race, of course, to replace Rob Portman, a very crowded primary field for the Republican Party. The guy who's been at the top of the polls uh, really since the beginning of this whole thing is one of the first to have entered it, and that is Josh Mandel, former Ohio treasurer, and he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Josh, good morning. Good to have you back. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Always good to be on. Always good to talk to you. So, before we talk about your actual op-ed in townhall.com, which was terrific and which pretty much echoed some of the sentiments that I've made on this radio program, that the Democrats are driving up, the Biden administration in particular, driving up energy prices on purpose to intentionally harm American families right now so that they have no choice but to scream uncle and say, okay, Green New Deal me. Before we go to what you said specifically, I want to get your reaction to the graph that was tweeted by the Democratic, uh, well, the Democrats, the DCCC. I don't know what the third C is for. Democratic uh, Central Committee, something, Congressional Committee, whatever. But uh, have you the, seen? The, I think have, the third C is for uh, communist. <laughs> oh, he did not miss a beat. So very well played, sir. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, 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 I that, that, that. Can you dig it? That earns my highest, uh, uh, my highest praise, which is a can you dig it? Well done, Josh. Did you see the the graph I'm speaking of that was tweeted out uh, yesterday? I did. I, I posted on it uh, last night. Yeah, oh, okay. The whole two cents they were applauding themselves for. Let me describe it for for the listeners, and then and then I want you to come on. Uh, the DCCC tweeted out a blue graph that has I don't know probably a dozen lines on it. It's it's a regular bar graph. It's got like a dozen lines on it, and it's got a line showing gas prices uh, at three forty a gallon. Um, as of, well, at the beginning of the graph. And then it shows this steady downward trend to November 22nd, in which it was a, a, a line lower. And then all the way now down to November 29th, and it was two, three, four, five, six more lines down. It looks like gas prices are plummeting. And they sent this tweet out with one caption, thanks at Joe Biden. It's, it's not sarcastic. It's, they're saying thank you, Mr. President. For, for for this tremendous trend of lowering gas prices. What they don't tell you, and you have to look very closely to see, Josh Mandel, and listeners, is that each of those lines on the graph represent a half cent. 
So it plummeted <laughs> down like five lines representing, four lines representing two pennies. Two cents. Gas prices are down two cents. And, and they're saying, thank you, Joe Biden. Josh, take it from there. Yeah, well, it, it's the Biden administration and the Democrat Party thinking that we the people are dumb. And, you know, what my experience in traveling the state of Ohio in my campaign for U.S. Senate is that the people of Ohio are smart and the American people are smart and we get it. Uh, and so the Democrats and Biden can try to lie to us all they want. But when we go to the gas pump and we fill up our, our tank, we know what we're experiencing. When we go to the grocery store and we buy food for our family, we know what we're experiencing. And so they can try to lie to us, but the reality is the reality. I mean, you know, in the, in the lead into your program, you talk about this is where the truth lives. It's like, I, I think the American people know what the truth is. And so you know, what I'd say to the Biden administration um, is the same thing I'd say to the you know, mainstream media is, you know, just because you say something doesn't make it fact. And, you know, the Biden administration is trying to pull one over on the American people, but the American people are, are too smart for that. Yeah, I, I certainly hope they are. And I know that a number of conservatives, and it's sad that you have to be a conservative to point out that this is trash, to point out that this graph intended to deceive and fool the people into thinking that there's this massive downward uh, trend of gas prices. Uh, it, it's sad that conservatives have to be the ones to point it out. But it, just, to, just to choose one of them, I am in awe of the people who conceived, built, approved, and posted this chart. I could never come up with this level of bull blank. Bravo. And that was from Brian Riddell of the Manhattan Institute. So, I mean, it is. It's conservative organization, the group's looking and trying to point out to people, please, please, please look at it closely before you say, hey, gas is getting cheaper thanks to Joe Biden. We just saw a graph. Look closely at the graph. Be what Josh Mandel just said. Be an educated, intelligent voter and an intelligent American, and don't be fooled by those who think you're stupid. All right, Josh, that's just a lead into what you wrote about, which is why I wanted to have you on. I appreciate it. It was a terrific op-ed in which you, um, you argue that, that, you know, these gas prices spiking the way they are, these energy prices to heat our homes the way they are. And the prediction is going to be for this winter, it's going to be brutal on middle class Americans. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to have to pay 30, 40, 50, 60% higher, depending on what kind of, uh, heat that they use, uh, or what kind of, uh, source uh, that they use to heat their homes. Um, and you say this isn't just some sort of an industry you know, uh, uh, a driven situation. This is intentional by the federal government and by the Democrats. Explain why. Sure. So the Biden administration politically and Schumer and Pelosi and Tim Ryan, Sherrod Brown, all these guys, their bread is buttered um, in large part by this uh, Green New Deal industry that they're trying to create. You know, it's a lot of San Francisco billionaires and millionaires. It's a lot of coastal money in California, New York. And with the Biden administration, with all these other Democrats um, backing them, they're trying to take our tax money from places like Cleveland, Ohio, and Akron, Ohio, and Lorain, Ohio, and Youngstown, Ohio, and transfer it to these people who are already incredibly wealthy in California and New York and elsewhere and help them build these green New Deal businesses with our tax money, not with the free market, but with our tax money. And then those same 
businesses, those same executives in California and New York, then take our tax money that they got to build their businesses and they donate it to these Democrats for their campaigns. I mean, it is the most corrupt cycle you can ever think of. And oh, by the way, along the way, as you said earlier, Bob, they're intentionally driving up energy prices here in America so that, you know, we think trying to run the country off of their boondoggles is uh, is okay. I mean, the whole thing is cynical and corrupt. And I, I think the American people are onto, the, are, are onto them, though. I mean, listen, here in Ohio, people don't realize this, Bob. If you took the state of Ohio, the state of Pennsylvania, and the state of West Virginia, and you combined our three states into a region, that region would be the third largest producer of natural gas in the entire world. We are sitting on a gold mine of natural gas. There's hundreds of thousands of jobs buried in the ground beneath Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and the choice is clear. Are we going to keep those jobs buried in the ground and depend on the Russians and radical Islamic regimes to power our country? Or are we going to drill for oil and gas in a responsible way that protects the air we breathe and the water we drink and then depend on ourselves to power our homes, ourselves to power our cars, ourselves to power our factories, and tell the Russians and these radical Islamic regimes in the Middle East to go pound salt? And, you know, obviously the latter is the policy approach that I believe in. And, you know, a lot of folks think that the Trump America first, those words, America first was a slogan. It wasn't a slogan. It was a governing philosophy. It meant putting the American people first. And this is a perfect example of it. If we depend on American energy, which happens to be in places like Ohio and Pennsylvania and West Virginia right here. It puts the American people first because the American people's gas tanks get filled at a lower price. Our homes get heated at a lower price. There's more jobs in factories because it costs less to run the factories and so on and so forth. Biden is doing the exact opposite of the America first approach. He's rejecting pipelines in America, and then he's approving them in Russia. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. Well, let uh, let me give you two quick responses to that. Number one, America first is also xenophobic and racist. Remember that, because when you say America first, you're saying Americans first, and that means you are ignoring people around the world in less fortunate countries than yours, particularly brown and black ones, because that's what we were told the moment Donald Trump said America first. It means you're a nationalist, and since he's white, he's a white nationalist, and that makes him a racist, and you know the rest of the story. Globalism is certainly prefer- preferable to nationalism in the eyes of those critics. Um, not telling you anything you don't know. Number two, um, you know they don't want you to fill up, fill up your 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 tank uh, for less. They don't want you to fill up your tank at all. Um, almost is as in response to your op-ed, and I know it wasn't, but just timeliness wise. Um, on the twenty ninth, so three days ago, the Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg in an interview, said, you don't want to worry about gas prices anymore, buy an electric car. He was on MSNBC on, oh, I take it back, it was Sunday. He was on MSNBC with Jonathan Capehart, and he said um, families would essentially have a $12,500 discount in transportation costs, and that families who own that EV, electric vehicle, will never have to worry about gas prices again. 
It's almost like he's announcing exactly what you said is true, that we want you to feel the pain of high energy costs by using fossil fuels to, you know, for your combustion engine and for your uh, natural gas heated home and so forth. We want you to feel that pain, and then we're going to tell you, here's how you can make the pain stop. Here's how it'll all be better for you. Buy electric vehicles, convert to solar energy and the things that we're telling you to do, and you won't feel any more pain. It's almost as if they're in a torture chamber. They're telling you, you want the pain, pain to stop? Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear that you'll buy an EV and then you won't feel the pain anymore, Josh. It's so well said. Um, I doubt uh, Buttigieg was responding directly to my piece, but you're right. What he said, you hit it on the head, Bob. It, it responds directly to what I say. They are trying to yeah. bring the American people, they're trying to bring us to our knees economically, where we cry uncle and wave the white flag and say, okay, you know, I guess we'll try out your running America off of windmills and solar panels, and then they all get rich off of us. And then you you get what, what we're seeing in Germany now where they can't power homes in factories because they tried this experiment and it's failing. Or you you get what happened in Texas last year. Right, last year. One winter. of the main reasons why – yeah, one of, the mass re- one of the reasons last year why in Texas people were forced to drink water out of their toilets – and they were melting snow from outside. This is happening in the United States of America was because they had a reliance in their grid on solar and wind. And listen, I'm not against solar panels. I'm not against windmills as long as they can stand up in a free market. But over my dead body, should they be taking our tax money, tax money from waiters and waitresses and truck drivers and carpenters and electricians here in the Cleveland area? And transferring it to these multi-billionaires in California, just so they could build the, build these things. I mean, it's again, if it could stand up on its own economically, by all means, do it. But don't use our tax money for that. It's it's just it's outrageous. Josh Mandel is my guest. We're talking about energy. He wrote an op-ed for townhall.com talking about the intent of the Biden administration to make the American people feel the pain of energy costs in order to advance their their Green New Deal agenda. Last thing before you go, Josh, I do have to ask you something about the campaign. I got an email yesterday, or not an email, beg your pardon. It was a text. It was a push notification uh, that came from the Timken campaign that read the following. Breaking news. A new poll finds support for U.S. Senate candidate Jane Timken surging. Timken is now within striking distance of taking the lead. All other candidates have stalled or lost support. And in the article, um, they report that Timken surged six points to put her in second place at 17%, uh, behind you at 21%, and that your number had dipped a point since September. Got to ask for your comments on that report. It's not factual. That all? Yeah, I mean that is just not. This is not true. I mean, uh, listen. At the end of the day, the only poll that matters is election day. Um, but I, I can just tell you that is, you know, not factual. Um, you know, certain campaigns, not ours, might want to lie to the voters. We're just not going to do that. And I can t- I can tell you this, Bob. There is no campaign like ours that's running a conservative grassroots effort. And what I tell my staff, I say, listen, it's okay to get outspent. 
but it's not okay to get outworked. And we are crisscrossing this state, outworking every campaign out there. And I, you know, I'm not going to take shots at uh, you know, specific other campaigns, but I, I can just tell you this, that uh, the polling's not true. But on top of that, you know, I would say polling in December isn't really important. You know, I, I believe the only poll that matters is election day when the voters go to vote. And I'm confident that when they go to vote, they're going to vote for me because I'm the only candidate in this race who is consistently pro-God, pro-gun, pro-Trump. And when I get to Washington, Bob, I'm going there not just to drain the swamp, but to blow up the swamp. And, Josh, you know, Josh I've, got, I've got to get this in before we go here. Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I did, not to contradict you, but you know, you say polls in December don't matter. Your team has been pushing out the polls and sending out releases uh, that showed you with huge leads since back in, I want to say, September, if, uh, if not earlier than that. So just looking for the consistency there. Can we trust these polls at this time of, uh, of the year or not? I would say like early on, whether regardless of what team it comes from, I don't think it's like a enormous indicator of what's going to happen in May. I would say when voters go to vote in May, they're going to vote for me, Josh Mandel, because I'm the only consistent conservative who's taken on Kasich, who took on Gonzalez, the rhino, and who will take on not just Democrats in Washington, Bob, but I will take on these squishy rhino Republicans over and over uh, over again in Washington and that's who I am. Like I'm not going to Washington to make friends. I'm not going to Washington to be liked. I'm going there to stand up for the Constitution and the country. Well, somebody better. Somebody better take on the squishes in addition to the Democrats. I, I completely agree with that. And by the way, I also agree with what you just said. I don't care if they're your polls or Timken's polls or anybody else's polls. I don't trust them at this stage either. I think the one in May is the only one that matters. I completely concur. Josh Mandel, thank you for coming on. Thanks for writing the op-ed, pointing out what's going on with the Biden administration. It really did mirror some of the things that I've said. I'm glad to know that we see eye-to-eye on that issue, and hopefully the American people will recognize that too and respond in kind. Josh, thanks so much. Thank you. All right. There's Josh Mandel on AM 1420, The Answer, with us. Quick time out. We'll come back. We're packed. I told you we're packed. Uh, Ohio Congressman Warren Davidson will join me after the top of the hour news, just to kind of put that on your radar. Then we will also talk to Christina Hagen at 1035 this morning. Stay here. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 958. Uh, thanks again to Josh Mandel. Uh, that terrific piece that he wrote again is at townhall.com. You should check out townhall.com pretty much every day anyway for, for, uh, you know, your first morning news. It's just a great place to start. Follow through to a few of the other great sites like hotair.com and more. But, uh, Josh wrote that piece. Check it out for yourself. And to the, to the point about the Timken thing, I will say this. I don't believe it not in a, a month of Sundays, not a chance do I believe that Jane Timken, went in one month from, uh, from uh, what was the number? They had her at 11% to 17%. And the primary reason I don't believe that is she was never at 11% in any poll except for the one that she and her team has commissioned. This polling service is the More Information Group. Uh, this is the team that she commissioned to do this polling. And she was at 11% in September. It wasn't in one month. It was two months. 11% in that poll in September. 
But in the other polls, she was in the low single digits. She was around 3, 4, 5%. So let's say she did get a 6% bump. That would put her at maybe, maybe 9 or 10% tops. Not 17%. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't trust anything having to do with Team Timken. But I appreciate you sending me that text. So I had a great bit to do on the radio today. All right. Uh, we got news coming up. Warren Davidson coming up after that. AM 1420, The Answer. If I Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.